This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for the statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from Radio America. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Elijah Millard, 321 Marketing, and Katie Brewer. We have a great lineup of guests for you on our show today, including Vernon Green, CEO of G-Cubed, Alex Wang, partner of Marksman Group, Elena Buckner, founder and CEO of Elevate, and Tushar Garg, CEO of Blueprint Consulting Services Group. Let's get to know our first guest, Vernon Green, CEO of G-Cubed. Vernon, what is G-Cubed? What are you guys doing? G-Cubed is a IT and cybersecurity GovCon company. Mm -hmm. But tell us a little bit more about what you do. Uh, We provide services to the government, um, identifying... uh, any IT solutions that we can provide to help our government do their job better. Mm-hmm. How'd you get a job with this company? I founded the company. You founded the company. Where are you from originally? I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York. How many brothers and sisters, and where were you in the pecking order? I have two brothers and one sister, of which I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. And tell us a little bit of what was going on with you 8 to 14 years old. 8 to 14, I was uh, kicked out of school, uh, taking care of my siblings, and doing the best I could to make some money. You were kicked out of school. Yes, sir. Why were you kicked out of school? I was kicked out of school for fighting. Uh Uh-huh. What was going on with mom and dad at that point in time? Uh, My father was in jail. Uh, My mom was a single parent working two jobs, and, um, and I was taking care of the kids. Your mom was a single mom. Your dad was in jail, and you got kicked out of school. But typically, you think somebody's getting kicked out of school is because they're a bad kid or something, it doesn't make sense to me that you got kicked out of school, but yet you were taking care of your siblings. What's that all, what's that all about? I wasn't a bad kid. I was a very quiet kid, but there was some information that was shared about me and my family situation uh, publicly in a school environment about my father being in jail, about my sister being molested, and about my home situation. And I fought the guy who was um, throwing it in my face, trying to incite me to a fight. Uh-huh. Okay, Elijah. Now you talk about fighting and protection. How did that shape your career path? Um, I, coming from where I came from in Poughkeepsie, New York, there weren't many options. I decided to go into the military. I went into the army, served twenty years, five months, and eighteen days. All right. Um, tell me a little bit more about the military. Uh, what was your role there? Uh, I retired out of the military as a chief warrant officer. Um, I was an expert in my field, which was communications and cybersecurity. Um, but the military provided me an opportunity to have a career, to provide for my family, get leadership and structure in my life. Out of all the branches, why the Army? At the time, uh, the Army would take me. Um, the, the services uh, ebb and flow on who and what they'll take. I did not have the greatest grades in school. Um, I, it's not that I wasn't smart. I just wasn't in school. Mm-hmm. Katie? How young were you when you started earning money? Um, I my first 
real job was uh, at age 14. I had three jobs um, as soon as I got my working papers. I wasn't in school, so it gave me a lot of time to work jobs and make money. Why three jobs? Um, there were just so many hours in the day, and three filled up my day. So um, it was to make as much money as I could so that I could get out of my, the situations that I was in. What were the three jobs? Um, I worked at Hudson Valley Magazine, uh, where I uh, shipped out uh, boxes of magazines. Um, I was a uh, dishwasher, and I delivered papers. In your role as dishwasher, what did you do differently than the other people who were working in the dishroom? Um, I, I worked hard and made sure that my job was done to the best of my ability, but I didn't get focused on just doing dishes. I just kept going. I just kept working. What do you mean by that? No matter what I do, I do to the best of my ability, but I never let that be the ceiling or the cap. It's um, I'm always trying to improve and always trying to move forward, con consistent uh, improvement. And how does that show up in your current business? Within G-Cubed, we create a culture where people um, are committed to the mission over self. Um, we create a culture where people believe in what we do, and they work really hard to see the vision uh, accomplished. You mentioned um, that uh, one of the things is in your life, things lead to stuff. So when you were a kid and you were doing magazines and dishwashing and newspapers, did that lead to any other opportunities? There were opportunities, but none of them really uh, came out, uh, got me out of Poughkeepsie. A lot of, I was asked to be a manager of some of the stores that I worked at, but they didn't achieve what I was trying to do, and that was to get away from where I was in Poughkeepsie. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned you grew up with a lot of poor examples. What was that all about? Um, I, I truly believe that mentorship is very valuable, um, but I would say that you're always teaching. You're either teaching what to do or what not to do. I had a lot of examples of what not to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I understand that you have a partner in this business. What, what's her name? Miss Wendy Maurer. And, and what, what does Wendy do different than you, or why, why would you bother having a partner, or how she compliment you, or what's that all about? Uh, when I met Miss Maurer, there was a uh, sense of organization and operational knowledge that I immediately asked her to come help me within the company. Um, I, I jokingly say that I am the relationship builder and she is the compliance and operations, and together we are a great team. Mm -hmm. well, Wendy, how long have you guys been working together? We've been working together almost three years. Uh-huh. So how do you guys balance each other out? Well, he says uh, relationships and compliance. I like to call it art and science. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, in any business, there's the art. There's the going out and the making money and hustling. And then there's the science of ensuring that you perform. And without both, you truly can't grow to new heights. Didn't you mention there was some similar backgrounds you guys shared or something like that? It's yeah, tough to we believe. Yeah, both, we both have uh, pretty interesting childhoods. My mother died when I was 13. I've been on my own ever since. Uh, put myself through college, and so we, we appreciate that about one another. Survival, um, striving to succeed, looking to be better than where we grew up. Well, uh, uh, looking to be better. T tell me about how that has anything to do with growing a business. What are you guys talking about there? I'm not sure I understand. It has everything to do with growing a business. If you're not constantly looking to be better, performing better, providing better services for your customers, ensuring that your employees have better opportunities with your company, 
I, you're gonna you're gonna stagnate. You're gonna die mm-hmm. a, well, after a while. So you're saying this is stuff that which is you guys personally, and it just happens to come through into the business. This is not something that's out there. It's really who you guys are. We cultivate an environment where people feel empowered to step beyond themselves, to grow, to not be scared to try. Why is that so important to you? Where is that coming from in you? Is that from your childhood you're trying to heal it? I believe that I never thought that I was going to start a business. I never even considered it until the day that I did it. You're trying to heal the community you came from, aren't you? Absolutely. What do you mean? I feel like there was a lot of lack in my life, so I tried to fill those gaps, be the person that I wish I had when I was young. If I, could go, mm-hmm. if I could go a little further on that, you know, one of the areas where Vernon and I have uh, disagreements is that he has a company to feed his nonprofit habits. So he goes back into the community. He, he provides mentorship programs. We have G-Cube Community Services, or G3CS. And through that, I believe that he is healing himself by ensuring that others don't experience what he experienced. He has a business to feed. What was that line again? <laughs> he has a uh, he has a company to feed his nonprofit habit. Vernon, uh, uh, you mentioned uh, you know your dad um, <clears throat> uh, was in it was incarcerated. Did, did you ever have a chance to um, get back together with him? Uh, I did. Uh, for years, I did not uh, speak to him, and and things didn't go well. But I, honestly, I had a conversation with him on his deathbed and that's where the uh, forgiveness and the next phase came. What are you talking about? Um, I shared with him how I felt that he was um, a detriment and that he wasn't there and so forth and so on and he I asked him to well he asked me for forgiveness and in such I was able to let go of a lot of anger. What's that have to do with building a business? To be honest, um, where some people may say that you you succeed out of love and support, I, I feel like I succeeded in spite of uh, the lack of those things. So it was almost like it, it drove me. So being able to bury that anger helped me to release. Mm. And, um, and as Wendy was telling us, you, so you're in business to feed your uh, nonprofit, build the community, heal the world kind of stuff? I believe that uh, we all have a responsibility to give back. Um, whether we choose to do it is, is everyone's individual right, but um, it is at the forefront of a lot of the decisions we make in business. Uh-huh. What's the website address for G-Cubed? Gcubedinc.com. You can speak with Burning Green, the CEO of G-Cubed here on Executive Movies Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executivemoviesradio.com. Learn more about Executive Movies. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name is... Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, The conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? 
make sure I have a, make sure eight executive committee members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. So you're, you're, well, you're running a 24-by-7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Ramon Parker. And Ramon, the name of the organization? Loudon Free Clinic. And you were telling me there's some something special about the Loudon Free Clinic where every dollar that goes in does something else. What was that all about? Yeah, it does something magical. So for every dollar that's donated to our clinic, we can deliver $8 worth of care. And what kind of clinic is this? Who are, you, who are you helping out? What kind of stuff do you guys do? So we're helping out those who are 18 to 64 who are uninsured and low income, 200% or below the federal poverty level. And give me this thing about the math again. Give me how that works. So essentially, I have a, a staff of 12 individuals and 128 volunteers. So with that kind of payer mix, I'm able to deliver, you know, anywhere from $8 uh, in care for our patients. Because you've been able to enroll the support of so many volunteers, you're actually keeping the cost of health care down and therefore multiplying the dollars. And making one of, it one of the best business investments for private corporations who want to invest. And didn't, ah, interesting. So private businesses and individuals can get involved. And didn't you Absolutely. tell me you had a couple of health care challenges yourself? What were they? I have. I've had four open heart surgeries and mm-hmm. it helps me to understand what patients need. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So the idea of having been on the table or being a patient, I'm able to take a patient focus in how we deliver care differently than most people would. What did you you learn from those experiences personally? What do you appreciate that most of us don't? I appreciate consistency. Um, I think that a a staff at the hospital, nurses, providers, Mm -hmm. parents, Mm -hmm. family, all those people consistently being around me and consistently offering me hope. Uh, I'm so full of it that I have to offer that to the patients and to the staff when I'm working with them. What's the website address for the Loudon Free Clinic? Loudonfreeclinic.org. Let me have that one more time. L-O-U-D-O-U-N freeclinic.org. We've been speaking with your name again? Ramon Parker. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Alex Wang, who's a partner at the Marksman Group. Alex, what is the Marksman Group? What are you guys doing? Marksman Group provides services to uh, Defense Department and federal government partners and cyber intelligence and software engineering. Sounds pretty complex. How large or how small is this organization? About 75 people. And how'd you get a job with it? Well, I uh, co-founded it. You with, co-founded uh, it. And where, partner. where you're from originally? Central New Jersey. How many brothers and sisters? I have two older sisters. And what was going on with you, uh, eight to fourteen years old? So about nine years old, uh, and I'll never forget it. I had come out of a uh, the minivan for a basketball game when I was a kid, and that was when my 
my sister broke it to me um, that my mother had cancer. Um, so probably a year afterwards, um, or less than a year afterwards, um, she had passed away. So the fallout from that was where I had to figure out what my future looked like, who was going to take care of me, what I was going to do in life. Um, did I want to become, you know, someone versus not becoming somebody? So it's one of those time periods when I was figuring out what I was going to do, who I was going to be. You were taking things pretty seriously for a 9, 10, 11 year old. You know, when you're stuck in your own room and you have nothing to think about except about what is going on, uh, that's the thing that kind of hits you. Uh, do I become somebody or kind of just be like the rest and fall to the side over mm -hmm. the next 10 years? So you, uh, what, what, you, you, you were involved with some video gaming, weren't you? What was that all about? Uh, so, you know, of course, when, you, when you're kind of figuring this all out, it's not hard to uh, plug in the computer, turn it on, and throw in a game of StarCraft. Um, for anyone who's ever played that game, it's a huge strategy game. And, um, you know, you learn pretty quickly how to play one-on-one -on -one and then eventually play with other people. Uh, and so that was the, uh, the party of, of, you know, my, uh, my youth where uh, I played with a ton of friends. We became very good together. We'd all sign at the same time. Um, and we'd play five, ten games, win all of them. Mm -hmm. Elijah? So in the green room, you mentioned you played tennis, correct? Yep. So when people think of tennis, they usually think of a very solo sport. But you had mentioned you like to play with it was doubles, correct? Yeah, doubles. Why doubles as opposed to solo? So in doubles, you can cover more ground of the court. And really what it is is the mentality you can have with someone else, um, where you can have a partnership with somebody you can – really figure out how to work the court uh, and basically uh, try to dominate it. And, you know, the great thing about it is in tennis when you play doubles, someone's in the front, someone's in the back. So the person in the front is kind of your shortstop. Uh, the person in the back is making sure he's seeing what's coming at you. Um, honestly, I think it's a great way to look at how to succeed is finding somebody who can compliment you. So having heard that, you would say you rely heavily on a support system. That's right. How has that support system mentality kind of shaped your future? You know, that's a great question. Um, having a support system is incredibly important when you don't have the raw skill sets, when you're looking for someone you want to trust to help you, and likewise when you want to do it for them as well. Um, it's kind of part of life where you can have a fruitful uh, relationship with, with friends, family, anybody. Mm-hmm. Katie? You said you co-founded your business. Who is your partner? My partner's name is Dan Marks. Uh, we were friends actually probably around 12, 13 years old. How did you choose him as your partner? You know, it was really funny. I, uh, I received a call on the way back. I worked at a hospital for a while. And on my way back, um, that's when he was telling me about his idea. Um, and that's when I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to stick this through with you as your friend. Um, I'm going to see you know, how far you want to take this. Um, when he showed me he was willing to go all the way, and I trusted that he said what he was going to do, um, I dove right in, went all in, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go with him the whole nine yards and see where this takes us. Well, when you were a kid, how young were you when you started making money? So around like 16 years old. Doing what? Um, being a caterer or bartender. How'd you get the job? A good friend of mine, he, uh, he was a chef. He was just becoming a chef. Yeah, uh, he yeah. asked me to take the job, and uh -huh. I, I trust him to take it. It sounds to me like the same way you got led into uh, working with that caterer is the same way you got involved with this business. Somebody you trusted led you into it. 
Yeah, that's right. Trust is a big thing in my life. Uh, what do you? Oh boy, friends are really a big thing. People you can trust are really a big thing with you, aren't they? Yeah. So with trust, you know, just like anything you want to accomplish, you need to trust everyone you work with. Um, it's kind of the foundation of any relationship or any success you want to build up from. Any business owner, any entrepreneur can tell you that. So intimacy is your middle name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a great word to, to categorize it. Um, uh-huh. That made that much made it much that much more difficult when mom passed, didn't it? Yeah. What do you mean? You know, you kind of step away, or or you kind of disassociate with the world when when mom when mom passed, especially when somebody's as connected as you are. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, coming out of it, I learned that you have to be the opposite. You really have to be with people, be a part of the community, build the community. Um, also, uh, really get to know the people that are, you know, the the living force behind what you do. The what? Uh, the living force behind what you do. What's that all about? What are you talking about? Well, um, I think of startups, early stage growth, or any company as a living organism. Um, they can evolve, they can adapt, they can acquire, they can do what, what they want to do. Um, and they inherit everyone's genetics or anything that they it does. So when I so say realizing living, that you're influencing the organization, how do you want to influence the organization? I want to turn Marksman Group into a place where people come to start, grow, and lead their careers and lives with us. The whole goal is to help people who are high performers create what they want to create, uh, build the world into a better place. How's that fixing your childhood? I guess from someone who's so young, the world looks a little broken early on. Yeah, you were alone in your room. Yeah. But you're not doing that nowadays. You're, you're inviting all your friends in. That's right. Working with people I trust. Mm-hmm. Working with people you trust. Uh, Elijah? So you had mentioned you, had, you have uh, nieces and nephews, correct? That's right. So earlier you said you wanted to return the favor. Why, why is that? Yeah, what's that returning the favor all about? Yeah, so I, um, I made a promise to myself that when the time came and I'd been successful, I would set aside funds for my nieces and nephews. How young were you when you made this promise to yourself? Probably when I was 22. Um, so a little bit older, but... What was the promise? promised to return the favor to my sisters what are you talking about you know i guess when someone invests into you and spends their their time to bring you up you really feel a kind of a almost a slight burden or maybe just a feeling bad about um especially in my sister's case they were just a couple years older than me and so for them it was really difficult for them to show me something and teach me something uh, considering they're just only a couple years older than me what, what did they show you? What did they teach you? What are you talking about? Uh, my oldest sister uh, showed me how to cook a little bit. She had cooked meals for me. Uh, my middle sister, which was the youngest, um, the youngest altogether, but she uh, showed me how to talk to people and, and go to a dance and dress, uh, put on some nice clothes. So your two, your two older sisters parented you. Yeah. And you feel a responsibility about that. I do feel responsible. And what, so how's that, what's that look like nowadays? You know, <laughs> I, I really, I joke about it, but in some cases I try to be the, the older brother to them. 
Um, so when I come in and see them, and I just visited them recently, um, you know, I wanted to help them. And so I kind of think about how their lives are going, making sure everything's going well at home, how I could just be of, of something to them. So I always try to find a way to, to add to their lives. How? Well, um, so my, my middle sister, who's closer, so I just saw her, um, was just out of her, her brand new house. Uh, and we were already talking about how I could work with her to um, probably own more homes and for her to, to take on that as a project to, to build her own wealth and uh, to also have something fun to do. And she loves that type of thing. My oldest sister, Flora, I always check in with her um, pretty much trying to see what I could do for her and her husband. Um, you know, last time I visited them, it was all about how to shift his career and help to grow into the next role What's for him. What's the website address for the Marksman Group? Marksman.com. We've been speaking with Alex Lang, partner at Marksman Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. Your name is? Brendan Herbert. And the name of the organization? Infinity Wellness Partners. And what is Infinity Wellness Partners? We're a corporate wellness provider based here in Washington, D.C. And what do you do for your clients? We provide comprehensive wellness programs. And what, what, what do you mean by a comprehensive wellness program? So everything uh, on-site and online, we bring activity classes, workshops, staff-wide challenges, and health coaching are our four major aspects. So your clients are the corporations that bring you in to provide these wellness programs for their employees. Absolutely. Do they get a return on their investment? Uh, they sure do. Between 3 and $5 over a five-year period for comprehensive programs. And how would they get that return on investment? What's that made up of? Uh, well, our programs are made up of, like I mentioned before, you know, everything from one-on-one -on -one coaching and different levels of engagement to uh, staff-wide you know, walking challenges or weight loss challenges. And the benefit to the company is that they've got healthier and happier employees that stick around longer? Absolutely. More loyalty, less absenteeism, more productivity. Um, you name it, all the benefits, all the value. How long have you been doing this? Uh, six years. And what do you enjoy about this? Um, I enjoy the one-on-one -on -one contact. I originally started as a one-on-one -on -one health coach and now I'm able to touch many more lives through our corporate programs. What do you mean a one-on-one -on -one health coach? What's a one-on-one -on -one health coach do? Uh, helping with behavior change, um, looking at all aspects of life to, to try to help with their So if I've got some personal issues going on, like I like to lose <laughs> weight or whatever it might be, you would be talking to me about that stuff? I'd probably recommend you to one of our teammates, huh. one of our team members. That's sort of interesting. That's really neat. What's the, what's the name of this organization again? Infinity Wellness Partners. And what's your website address? Uh, it's infinitywellnesspartners.com. Let me have that one more time. Infinitywellnesspartners.com. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Chuck Ockeltree. And Chuck, what organization are you with? The National Conference Center and West Belmont Place Event Center. Uh-huh. And what makes this organization special? The National Conference Center was built um, to be the nation's premier uh, meeting and event venue. Um, it's not a traditional hotel. Mm -hmm. So even though we have 900 guest rooms and all the services and amenities of a traditional hotel, mm -hmm. because of our size, we're mm -hmm. able to uh, deliver um, an environment that is very conducive to uh, learning, development. And who are your clients? Our clients are uh, many of the, the corporate 100, corporate 500, as well as uh, because of our location in Leesburg, Virginia, mm -hmm. we do a lot of business with Washington, D.C. Uh, government agencies. Mm -hmm. And what do you like about your job? What I like about uh, is we've had the opportunity to bring new leadership to the National Conference Center, blend with the tremendous service team that's built a reputation over the years uh, for great service. 
And uh, we've had a lot of fun um, helping our clients take advantage of the 65-acre campus. How about you personally? What, what do you enjoy about your job? I enjoy that, that we've uh, had a very, very, very successful turnaround in mm-hmm. uh, the two and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, taking the National Conference Center uh, from where it was in 2014 with Excellent. the new new ownership, we've literally doubled the revenue. And what's so. your what's your role in the organization again? Uh, my role is chief marketing officer. And what's that mean? It good question. It means that uh, uh, we're involved with branding, mm-hmm. uh, everything to do with the sales, the marketing, the promotion, and uh, the business development. So you're actually going out there and you're actually involved with helping bring in the clients. Exactly. Yes. And I guess the way you're doing that is you're actually talking to a lot of the clients, making sure that you know your services are valuable. We talk to a lot of the clients and we do a lot of uh, events What's as well. What's the website address of the organization? www.conferencecenter.com. Let me hear that one more time. www.conferencecenter.com. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the show host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Elena Buckner, who's the founder and CEO of Elevate. Elena, what is Elevate? What are you guys doing? Elevate provides comprehensive grant writing services to nonprofit organizations around the country, and we work with 90 nonprofits. How large or how small is the team? We have 55 full-time staff. Whoa, 55 full-time staff. Where, where are you from originally? I'm originally from a small town in Virginia. Uh-huh. And uh, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one identical twin sister. Oh, okay. What makes identical twins special or how'd that affect you? Well, I think it's wonderful to grow up with someone who's always with you by your side that you can always talk to. And I think it made me and my sister both more confident and willing to take risks just to know that at the end of the day, there'd always be someone in our corner sort of supporting us. Uh Um, How young were you when you started making money? Well, my sister and I actually started our first business together when we were maybe eight, nine, ten. We would um, go in the backyard and pick four-leaf clovers. My sister was very good at finding them in the in the yard, and we would cut them and tape them to pieces of construction paper, and then we would go out on the country roads in Virginia, stop the cars, and ask them, you know, if they wanted a four-leaf clover for good luck, and we'd sell them for a dollar each. And they didn't buy one. They felt like we were going to get bad luck, so everybody (laughs) bought one. Okay, whose idea was this? I think it was both of ours, but I'm not sure my sister would have done it if I hadn't sort of pushed us to Uh that. So you're the initiator. I, yes. Uh-huh. And so you co-opted your sister into doing this, into uh, finding four-leaf clovers, and the two of you stuck them on cards, and you would sell them. Okay. Yeah. That's a clever idea. Uh, Elijah? So you said you were an initiator. Um, as far as sports go, what sports uh, were your favorite, and what did you play? Well, we played a lot of different sports growing up, but my favorite was probably softball. Um, my sister and I were both pitchers, and I I liked that because I knew that I could shape the outcome of the game if I did well, and so I did sort of. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So you, you, how old were you when you were pitching? How, how young were you? We started um, with around eight I think so you're eight or nine years old and you're realizing that you want to shape the outcome of the game what's that have to do with building a business well I definitely think as CEO you know you get to set the vision and Uh um, but you knew this when you were eight years old huh okay definitely (laughs) Katie what did your father do for a living my father worked in construction and um, 
he hung wallpaper for you know a decade and then he did maintenance and what did you learn from your father that you bring to your business well my father always believed if it was worth doing it was worth doing well um, no matter what it was that you were doing and so I I definitely learned that from him and I think I take it into elevate you know we always take pride in our work what are you talking about um, with Elevate, I mean, we really are committed to serving our clients and their nonprofits. And so I think that it's this attention to detail and just really um, being invested in the, in what you're doing. It matters. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, if you're the CEO or if you're. Hey, Elena, the, when you were, uh, so you were 10 years old, you went to work with your dad who was hanging wallpaper. Yes, in the summer, occasionally the summer, we would help huh? him. Yeah, and uh, didn't that stink because your friends are outside playing and you got to go help your dad? Well, I didn't think so. I mean, I always loved hanging out with my dad and learning from him, and I've just so, always so you, liked work. So you felt ah, so yeah. you thought work was fun. Definitely, my sister and I loved going to. Um, all right, all right, all right. So I got a question for you. So, what time do you start with your emails in the morning, and what time do you stop thinking about the business at night? Well. I mean, I'm a night person, actually, so I am writing emails well into the evening. Um, and But building Elevate, you know, it was just nonstop, you know, like 20 hours a day sometimes. So work is fun for you. Yeah, So yeah. that characteristic emerged when you were a kid working with Dad. You know, you thought it was fun to go to work with him. I thought it was fun to go to work with my dad. I thought it was fun to go to my mom's office. She had office supplies, you know, which was even more exciting. She worked for a nonprofit organization for 30 years. So I think even from a young age, I knew I wanted to work with nonprofits. And what do you bring from your mom into your current job? Well, my mom was the, you know, the the educated academic person in the family. She had a master's degree. My dad didn't graduate from college. So my mom was really committed to our, you know, education and to learning and elevate one of our core values is learning and continually improving and growing. And so I think I bring that to the company. How does that show up in the company? Oh, we, we have professional development funds for every staff member so that they can enrich their own learning. And we just are always talking about how, you know, when we learn more, we're better able to help our clients. Wait, 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 wait. You're, a fifth, you're a small firm. You're 55 people. You have a professional development fund. What are you talking about here? Yeah. As part of our commitment to learning, um, we make sure every staff member has a $500 professional development fund that they can use so that they can learn um, um, you know, whatever mm -hmm. is it helping them. Mm -hmm. Were you part of a club when you were growing up? I was very active in lots of clubs. I've always been drawn to sort of social, civic organizations. Um, I was in forensics and academic club, and I was in Key Club, which is a service organization. What role did you have in the club? I was all, you know, I, I love leadership, so I was the treasurer of of Key Club growing up. I just always wanted to sort of know where we were spending our money and, you know, and I do think that relates to Elevate because, you know, how you spend your money is, it as a nonprofit, it's what you're able to accomplish and what you're able to do, so. Um, Tell me more about that. Well, you know, how, especially for a nonprofit organization, what you put money behind shows what you, shows your mission. It shows your values and what you're committed to. And I think I did have that sense even as a kid. You know, we can talk all day, but what what are we actually 
where are we putting our resources? What are we actually doing with it? Well, doesn't that lead exactly into your business, which is the grant writing? Yeah, exactly. We fundraise for nonprofits. Our whole goal is to sort of raise money for them and to provide them support and strategy so that they know, you know, we really believe that the stronger the nonprofit is, the more you're able to raise money. So um, they're definitely linked. So this the, the fact that in the Key Club you wanted to be the treasurer where you wanted to know where the money went, and the fact that your mom was involved in a nonprofit, you know, it sort of makes sense who you are. The fact that you were a, uh, a pitcher because you wanted to make sure you could affect the outcome of the game. It sort of leads up to who you are. And it's fascinating that you're helping nonprofits raise money. And the organization's 55 people. That's a pretty substantial organization for you to start. How many years ago did you start this business? Um, I started six years ago. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's the end game? What's the, uh, how high is up? Well, we definitely want to continue helping more organizations. Um, There's so many that, you you know, can benefit from our services. So, yeah, we want to continue to grow. How how can they benefit from your services? What are you talking about? Well, we help nonprofits find grants and so they know who to apply to. And then we help them build relationships with funders. Um, And then we actually help them write proposals and submit them. And that was really important to me because I think that a lot of consultants, especially, are good at, you know, telling organizations this is what you should do um but for me again i think there's that tendency so i actually me, wanted to do the work for yeah, people. let me ask you a question when you guys were 10 years old and you were your sister was finding the four-leaf clovers who stood in the middle of the road and stopped the traffic um i think we both did but definitely i've always been unafraid to ask for well, what you want and what's that have to do with what you're doing with these nonprofits? Well, I think, you know, especially for nonprofits, we help them shape what is the vision, you know, what is their mission, what do they want to accomplish, and then we are the translators. Yeah, you're helping stand in the middle of the road with them, aren't you? Definitely, yes. Uh Uh-huh, but you really believe in what you're doing. This is not, you know, you're fully behind mind, body, and soul what you're doing. You're really enjoying this, and you're really focused on the mission, aren't you? Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And all of our staff are really committed to working in the nonprofit sector. I was always drawn to that. Why? I mean, I just always wanted to work for organizations that would make a difference. I, um, you know, I I know how much, you know, how much need there is. What kind of nonprofit did your mom work for? She worked for Project Hope. It was a health nonprofit. yeah. Were you aware of what that organization was doing when you were a kid? I had a vague sense that they w- did international development, you know, in other countries, mm-hmm. I think. I understand it much better now, but I just knew that she had, like, chosen to dedicate her life mm-hmm. to serving others, and I think it's... Uh-huh. What's the website address for Elevate? It's elevatedeffect.com. Let me have that one more time. It's Elevated Effect, and it's yeah. effect with an E. ElevatedEffect.com. We can speak with Elena Buckner, founder and CEO of Elevate, the only executive leaders radio. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, Some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, 
the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, they, they, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh-huh. what's happening. So your, idea, your, your thought is that in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Hell no. It's a lot longer uh-huh. than that, baby. So do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. It's BostonBid.com, and, and you can download Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more BostonBid. time. BostonBid.com. It's B A. Give me the spelling on that. B A L L S D O N B I D dot com. Excellent. Your name again is Tina Leone. And the name of the organization is the Boston Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow assuming you've ser- you're serious about your success serious about your own success because it all starts with the leader if you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success we've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. To hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Tushar Gard, who's founder and CEO of Blueprint Consulting Services Group. Tushar, what, what is Blueprint Consulting Services Group? What are you guys doing? Blueprint Consulting Services Group is a business and IT management services company in the GovCon space. Mm-hmm. 
And how large or how small is the team? We're about 75 full-time employees and 20 subcontractors. And where are you from originally? Uh, from Mumbai, India. And how'd you get a job with this company? I founded the company in 2011. You founded the company and you're originally from India. And how young were you when you came to the United States? I was 13 years old uh, to Florida. Uh-huh. You're 13 years old and you came to Florida. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I'm the only child. You're the only child. You came to Florida when you were 13, I assume with your parents? Uh, no, by myself, but with my parents' support. Okay. Why, why did you come to the United States when you were 13? I had the opportunity to pursue my goals of being a pro tennis player, and I was given a scholarship to uh, Nick Balateri's uh, in Florida, and so, I took So it. mom and dad stayed in India and sent you here alone? That's right. When you were 13? That's right. Okay. What kind of vision did you have for yourself? Uh, my goal was to actually play on the pro circuit. and On uh, what pro circuit? On the pro tennis circuit. And what happened? Uh, at the age of 17, I ended up uh, having a, a really bad uh, left knee injury that uh, uh, made me choose uh, to go more on the collegiate level. Okay, so what happened between the time you were 13 and 17? Uh, I was uh, traveling around. I lived in Europe. Uh, Croatia was my base, and I traveled around playing on the pro circuit and uh, helping some of the other bigger names warm up for their matches. Who'd you go there with? Uh, I traveled by myself and a coach at that time that was based out of Croatia. So you're 13 to 17 years old. You're traveling around Europe with your coach. That's right. Talk about being independent. And how many how many brothers and sisters do you have? By myself, only child. So you really are an independent soul, aren't you? Yes, I am. Uh-huh. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I understood that. Uh, Elijah? So you say you came here at 13. Um, what kind of feelings did you have when you got here as an only child and being here just by yourself in a new country? Absolutely. Uh, number one, cult culture shock. Um, coming from a very different background to uh, truly having to do everything on your own. And uh, it was a learning it was a learning experience, and it made me grow up and uh, really mature quickly. So in tennis, there's doubles and singles. What did you prefer? I preferred singles. Singles. Now, so you were an only child. You came here overseas by yourself, and you like to play singles tennis, correct? That's right. So how did that kind of shape the way that your future played out after that? Uh, absolutely. Um, I came to college. I played uh, Division One school at uh, Tennis for Ameri American University. Um, I I've always been the one that if, if I'm not number one, uh, there's a lot more room, room to go. So I played number one singles and doubles for them. And I always wanted to be the one that could be held accountable and set the example for what we wanted to do and, and to be successful. What's that? Wait, wait, wait. You, you always give me that last line again. Uh, I, I always wanted to be the one that's held accountable. Uh, I felt like I'm, uh, you know, if I if I don't do it, um, and if I'm not the one in front, then I cannot hold someone else accountable as well. Wait a minute. What's that have to do with building this organization known as Blue Pink Consulting Services Group? Is there uh, a connection there? Uh, yes, ab absolutely. Uh, everyone in our company is dedicated uh, to our to our clients, and they are also dedicated to knowing that they have to be the best at the craft. And uh, they hold me accountable as much as I hold them accountable. So um, we are, we are, we as a company and as individuals within the company work independently to make sure we serve what we need to do. Katie, is all yours. You came over here at 13, um, but your parents were still in India, correct? That's right. And what did your dad do? Uh, my dad was the executive director for a hospitality group, and and my and my mom was a fashion designer. And what did you learn from your dad as? part of the time that you were growing up. Oh, absolutely. My dad was the one that taught me business, business savvy, relationships, and especially how to manage employee relationships. 
Tell me a little more about that. Um, my dad was lead of over two to 3,000 people, and he was the only one that I have ever seen walk into a union leader's office and walk out with an agreement within one hour. What? Wait, 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 wait. Well, tell us more about this. Absolutely. Uh, in India, union le- leaders are, are just like everyone else, very stern, very strong. And because of the personal relationship that my dad had with him, um, he was able to walk in and negotiate within one hour a deal for 3,000 employees. What's that have to do with what you're doing? Uh, the same same thing. Um, you know, a business is not always about just the money and about the contracts. It's about, um, you know, having those personal moments with your with your employees, with your clients, with your customers, it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of um, them knowing that you have their best interest at heart, and it's not just about the bottom line. Katie, what else are you thinking? And how about your mom? What did your mom do? My mom was a fashion designer. She was on. She was an entrepreneur herself, and uh, she was the most dedicated, confident, resilient person I've met um, to this point. Because I lost my dad last last year, and so she's ha- she's been you know, able to get back on her feet and, and be, be there. Um, so th- that's a lot of what I, I learned from her. And what do you bring into your business from your mom? Um, compassion, um, confidence, and resilient, resilience. Um, resilience. You know. Tell me more about that. Uh, I lost my dad last year because uh, of met- mental health. He committed, committed su- suicide, and so that was a shock. And so my mom had to really dust it off and get back on her own feet. I'm the only child, so there's no other support back there. And so if... Uh, if, if, if it isn't res- resilient, I don't know what, it, what that is then. What was resilient? What, what do you mean resilient? How were you resilient? Um, as a business owner, you are faced with competition and Re- challenges. Regarding your everything. dad, regarding your dad and mom. Regarding my dad and mom, um, you know, the obligation of being the only child and the only son and being not there um, is, is, is hard. But in the, in the face of hardship, we do the best we can and you just got to keep driving. Is that uh, is that responsibility? Where's that responsibility coming from? Is that cultural, or is that something a mom did the or dad did the? Where's that coming from? I think it's all of the above. Uh, there's a there's a cult- cultural aspect to it, um, mm-hmm. but there's also the fact that my dad was always the uh, the main strength, and he was always the main provider for the family. Uh-huh. And Sounds so like that sense of the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Uh-huh. That's what he uh-huh. what he imported uh-huh. in me. Uh-huh. And Nita, I understand that uh, you guys are married, huh? That's right. How many years? Uh, we just celebrated 12 years. Uh-huh. What am I missing? What are we missing in this interview with Tushar, your husband? Um, I think that, you know, at a young age, he made a, a, uh, a brave decision to come here and to pursue tennis, and that really was his dream. And um, when injury got in the way, I think he needed to have a second dream. When I met him, he was bouncing up a bit between different companies. And I really think he came into his own when he took another brave decision to go out on his own. Um, Right before we had our first child, actually, he made the decision um, to start this company. And I think... um, Right before (laughs) you had your first child. He actually told me at um, our baby shower... Wait a second, wait a second. Didn't that frighten you? He's a nutcase because here you're going to have a child. It's like they, most businesses fail. Absolutely, it was scary. Um, but this is part of who he is, and I knew that when I met him. What's he was, part of who he is? Um, he likes to take risks, and he um, likes to set himself sure, apart. Did you, did you see this as a risk? I saw, saw it as a risk, but I also saw, saw it as a risk that I can manage, and the reward on this would be a lot higher than, than ever thought of. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Um, 
I am very confident in what I know I can provide to my clients. So I'm very conf- confident in what I can do, and I know I could trans- translate that to um, being successful in, in the space. So I understand you're married, and Anita's your wife. What has Anita taught you about building your business? Um, Anita's the, uh, the other side of the coin. She has taught, taught me how to um, view, understand perspectives, uh, compassion, as well as she's taught me empathy. I've, I never had that until I'm, I met her. What's empathy have to do with building a business? Um, not every employee is the same, and there are times where personal circumstances come in the way, and if you're uh, all only about the bottom line and you're only about uh, serving, you miss that, and that's where the employee relationships come in place as well. Uh, you have to have a personal relationship to a certain degree so you can understand hardships and be a true leader. Uh-huh. Uh, Anita, how has uh, Tushar surprised you? Um, yeah, we, we have never, I've never felt bored in our relationship. There's always been, um, a lot of surprises as he's, you know, grown from a two person company to where he is now. Um, I think with the, the tragedy that we experienced last year and the way he has stepped up to take care of his mom and manage the household in India. Well, he didn't tell us that. I was trying to get him to tell us. What do you mean he stepped up to manage his mom and stuff like that? Um, he, his father was always the one that took care of a lot of the responsibilities financially. Um, and so now his mom has a, a learning curve and he has really stepped in, um, made several trips back to India to make sure that she um, feels That's settled and that know. we can get her um, to be with us here. Too sure. As as What's possible. the website address of Blueprint Consulting Services Group? BlueprintCSG.com. Let me have that one more time. BlueprintCSG.com. We've been speaking with Tushar Garg, founder and CEO of Blueprint Consulting Services Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. As well as we've had the opportunity of speaking with Vernon Green, CEO of G-Cubed, Alex Wang, partner of Marksman Group, Elena Buckner, founder and CEO of Elevate, and again most recently, Tushar Garg, founder and CEO of Blueprint Consulting Services Group. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, including Elijah Millard, who is 321 Web Marketing, and Katie Brewer for giving me a hand structuring the questions. He'll be providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, it's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, we appreciate you joining us today. And do have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.